Hey guys, it's Ed coming to you live from New York City in the Drunk Gossip Studios. And I don't normally say it like that. Well, New Year, new way of saying things, I suppose. <laughs> I really don't know what, the, what I was going with that. Um, but welcome to 2019. Um, coming up in, I believe it's March... Um, Drunk Gossip will be turning one. So we'll have to have, like, a little party or something for that. Uh, um. So I hope everyone had a, had wonderful holidays. Um, as you guys know, I was traveling, um, which kind of put a damper on me recording. I was staying with my best friend and his husband, and, um, they would have let me record, of course, but, um... Just while I was while I was out of town, I had so much to do, and so there's that. Um, but I, we're gonna start the new year off on the wrong foot, and I'm very sorry about this. Um, but Kathy Griffin announced via Twitter um, that her mother Maggie is suffering from dementia. Um. And apparently she, Maggie had been diagnosed with this back in September, and they've been dealing with it, but it's been a really rapid decline for, um, for, for her. Uh, Maggie is 98 years old, um, and up until very recently, she was in decent health. And the, the funny thing is, is I had just been talking about it with a couple of friends, um... I was like, you know, hey, like, I kind of miss watching Kathy because she would always talk about her mom. I don't know if she still does. I haven't seen her new show yet. Um, when she was here, I wanted to go, but she was already sold out. Which, good on her. Like, I'm very happy. Um, but it, it, it did really suck because I really did want to go see her. Um, but in, in any case... Um, you know, and there was a lot of outpouring of support after Kathy revealed this. Um, Jane Lynch reached out and was just like, we love you. Um, I think Cher reached out. Um, a lot of people forget that Kathy Griffin and Cher were slash our friends. I, I'm pretty sure they're still friends. Um, Rosie O'Donnell reached out. And it, it's sad that it takes this sort of thing to make people reach out and talk to one another. Um, and I'm not saying, like, maybe Kathy and Cher have, have been talking offline. Um, I, at least I hadn't seen them communicate via Twitter or anything. Um, but let's not wait until a tragedy strikes to, to hold our loved ones close. Let's... Let's talk to them now and let them know how we feel. And Maggie has led a really good life. Um, you know, Kathy, even even in this announcement, Kathy was trying to keep the mood at least a little bit light. Um, teasing her mom for liking boxed wine and going to CVS a lot and... You know, just all the stuff that made Maggie an icon. 
and you know, one of the things, um, I've been taking some writing classes, um, mostly because I'm going to start writing screenplays, I want to be part of the WGA, and, um, but one of, one of the things that, um, I know, and I noticed this back when I did NaNo, when you're putting together a piece of entertainment, whether it's a um, book or a screenplay or a reality show, is the main character or the, the quote-unquote star is not always the most popular one. And that was the case with My Life on the D-List. Um, yes, Kathy was a star. We all love Kathy. But Maggie was just a scene stealer. Um... You know, and unfortunately, there's no coming back from dementia. Like, when you lose it, it's gone. When you lose your memory, when you lose your mind, it's gone. And Kathy um, said that at this point, Maggie recognizes her. And that's just about it, which is really sad. Um, so on that sad note, I'm going to go and I'll be right back. And keeping up with the sick parent theme, sorry that if you're listening to this, I hope you're not sick. Just I am. Um, you know, it, it's, it's just one of those periods where the sad stories are coming out. Um, Britney Spears, my beloved Britney, the pop icon, the pop princess, um, shared an emotional tweet today where she basically says she's putting her career on hold while she has while she takes care of her dad. Um, a, a couple weeks ago, um, his colon ruptured and he had to be taken in for emergency surgery. Um, and after the surgery, um, it's been a long way to recovery. Now, he's fully expected to recover, and she's expected to um, resume putting together her new Vegas residency, where she's going to be paid $507,000 per night. Um, and, and there's a reason why I brought that up. Um, when, this, when Britney Domination um, actually makes its debut, and... Um, she starts collecting those checks, she will be the highest paid Las Vegas performer ever. And that's nothing to sneeze at. Um, her piece of me was apparently bringing in over $100 million per year. And she did it for four years. Now, people are scoffing and saying, oh, well, you know, $100 million is really not that much. Yes, it is. There are tours that don't make a hundred million dollars. Um, and this is with the casino, the resort, keeping um, some seats reserved for their their big the big rollers the the gamblers the um, the, the the technical term well the casino term is the whales. Um, so yes, her making a hundred million dollars, um, is a lot of money, especially since 
she performed like maybe five times a year. <laughs> Again, that's a little bit of an exaggeration, but you you get the point. Um, but yeah, Dan, uh, so let's get back to Daddy Spears. He's he's recovering. Um, Brittany needs to take a break and take care of him, which is completely understandable. Um, ten years ago, he came to her rescue, helped her keep custody of her boys, and got her life back in order. And I, I kind of feel like she feels like she owes him for that. Um, he still has a conservatorship over her. Um, and... You know, last year it was kind of insinuated that that could come to an end. But I don't really foresee it coming to an end because she seems happy. Um, I I think she really does like it that her dad is there to take care of her, help her out. Um, And I also think that there's a little bit of a... um, A little bit of a, for lack of a better way of saying this, a, a desire to just focus on the creative part. To be a mom, to go out and sing, to find songs she wants to sing. Um, I don't think she really has the head for the business part. And letting her dad do that, letting her dad make the, those kinds of decisions. You know, I'm sure she gives her input, I'm sure she says, no, I don't want to do this, or yes. You know, that sounds like a lot of fun. But I think at the end of the day, um, with the negotiations and whatnot, she really does just need to, or she really just wants to let someone else do all that. Um, I think when, um, the fact that it's her daddy, that's someone who's not going to leave her. He loves her. She loves him. Um, you know, people used to joke about him making her cheese grits. You know what? Good on her. Good on, good on him for making his daughter the comfort food that she needed and wanted. You know, who are we to say that cheese grits aren't great? Who are we to say that fraps don't change your life? They do, by the way. They really do. Starbucks, sponsor me. <laughs> All right, I'm going to go and I'll be right back. And I am back. Did you miss me? Well, Zane Malik, or however you say his last name, will not be missing Gigi Hadid. They are donezo people. Like, this this breakup is going to totally last forever because their relationship was supposed to last forever. And when that didn't happen, well, we all know what happens. <laughs> On a semi-serious note here... Um, Zayn and Gigi really did break up. Um, Gigi had her people plant the story that Zayn was out of control and she couldn't deal with his issues. She really tried to help, whatever, blah, blah, blah. It's the same exact storyline that the Kardashians use. I mean, this is replete with Kardashianism. The only thing missing is a sex tape. And, you know, as bad as this is going to sound, is I, I really do kind of want to see Zayn in a sex tape. He is sexy as fuck. I don't think he has any talent, but he is sexy. Um, 
Oh, Mandy's going to get a kick out of me laughing at myself. Um, so, yeah. So, th- they broke up. But here's the thing. It was, this was never a real relationship to begin with. Again, this is um, the Hadid, 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 Hadidai? Whatever the plural of, of their last name is. They really do want to be um, like the Kardashians. Um... They want, they want the fame. They want the fortune. But here's the thing, and you guys already know I don't like the Kardashians. Um, I don't, with the exception of maybe Kendall and Kris Jenner, none of them have any talent. Um, the the nicest thing I can say is that maybe. Maybe um, Courtney has an eye for producing because she does have that ID show. I think it's Courtney. Maybe it's Chloe. I don't know. One of those damn sisters. Um, they had they had the ID show. Um, and it it did get picked up for a second season. Um, but the rest of these people, they don't have any talent. They don't. They're famous for being on TV and acting a fool, dating basketball players or other athletes, and playing the victim when everything goes sideways. Now, with with Zane and Gigi, um, there's a little bit more to this story. So, um, the mother, whatever her name is, um, Yolanda. She wanted Zane to pop the question and started floating that these two were going to be engaged. And Zane kind of balked at that. And he was like, no, mm-mm, not going to do that. So that led to the first breakup. And then they got back together. They renegotiated, they renegotiated their contract. And I think it was starting to happen again where... Um, Yolanda and Gigi were pushing for more than what Zane really wanted to give. Here's the thing. Don't blow your load. You may think that Gigi's more famous than Zane, but musicians always have up and ups and downs. Um, in the last segment, we were talking about Britney. She is a prime example. In the first segment, we talked about Cher, another prime example. These women have gone from being the most famous woman on the planet to next to nobody liking her. And Zane's probably going through the same thing right now. He was one of the biggest stars on the planet, at least in the music world, when he was part of One Direction. Um, He had that hit duet with Taylor Swift. Um, And I think he had at least one or two number ones on his own. And right now, people are kind of like, no, we're not digging you. But it'll circle right back around because he does have a loyal fan base. The Hadids, or Hadai, or whatever, don't have that. They have a of-the-moment. And an of-the-moment fan base isn't going to do anything. Um, And this is going to lead right into the next... No, it's not, because I'm not going to talk about... Gigi... Would not be an episode without me coughing. Um, Gigi and Yolanda 
pay for Gigi to get um, followers on Instagram and Twitter and Facebook. And unless they're going to engage with you, you don't want that, period. Um, while the numbers might be impressive, no company, um, whether it's a publisher um, or a production company or whatever, is going to care that you have 20 million followers if five of them are talking to you on a regular basis. Let's just be real here. I'm going to go and I'll be right back. And I'm back. <clears throat> um, so this is our first blind item of the year. Um, and one of the things, um, before I get into all this, one of the things I've been thinking um, about all episode long is I need to tell you the vlog is coming along nicely. Um, my producer, Will, has come up with some great ideas. Um, he's actually going to help start producing some segments for the podcast as well. Um, we're going to launch the blog. Um, and we might even launch some merch. So yay. Um, so look for all that to happen this year. Um, hopefully before the first anniversary of, of the podcast. Um, and so we're going we're gonna to go into our blind item. This comes from Blind Gossip, um, our, our really great friends, um, who are just lovely, lovely, lovely people. It's called Making Out in the Corner. If you want, if you want to read this or any um, of the blind items, please head over to blindgossip.com. Here we go. We have an interesting story for you about a hot actor who will be at every award show and event this season. You will next see him at the Golden Globes Award this Sunday night, which is being hosted by Sandra Oh and Andy Samberg. Our actor will likely be attending these events with his pretty significant other. He was, go- he was caught doing something in the past couple of days that he would, ne- he would really you rather not know about. He was in a bar. First he was drinking. And then he was making out in the corner. With a guy. Carry on. Um, there's another blind over on crazydaysandnights.net with a very similar vibe, and I'm going to say this has Rami Malek written all over it. Um, at one point, and I am, I'm working really hard to, um, find the sources, especially um, for when we launch the blog so I can, um, revisit this. Um, but at one point, Rami Malek was openly bisexual, and I, if he didn't have a boyfriend, he had someone who was pretty steady on his arm. Uh, 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 someone who was a guy who was pretty steady on his arm. Um, and then at some point he disappeared. Um... You know, a lot of people will say, "Well, you're just saying, you're just guessing him because using he's cute." Yes, I do. There's no denying that. Um, outside of a certain someone that I that I like, I do have a a, a type for um, men that look like Rami Malek. <laughs> um, you know, the eyes, the smile, 
the cute little tushy. Um, I seen him in Papillon with Charlie Hunnam at the Lower East Side Film Festival. And the naked fight scene was worth the price of admission alone. Um, but there was, um, and if you've seen the movie, I think you'll know what I'm talking about. If you don't, I'm sure by now you can look it up on YouTube or, um, even if you just get the stills. But there's, there's a scene where, um, Robin Malik's character is cuddling with Charlie Hunnam. And the look of pure contentment on his face. And don't come at me with he's an actor. Mm-mm. No. And don't come at me with it's Charlie Hunnam. We'd all be happy to cuddle with him. You're right on both accounts. But this was a pleasure that you you can't fake. And goes beyond any kind of lust for a man. Um, and that's just... That that's just the truth. Um, so yeah, I I do think. Um, I'm not gonna say Rami Malek is is gay. But he's definitely bi. Um, and like I said, hopefully I can. Hopefully I can come out with. With the evidence, I know I I know. Um, during my generation gossip days, I know I talked about this. Um, because I remember, um, I also had a generation hunk, and someone asked for his pictures, and I found them, I, like, when I saw his butt, I was like, oh, yes. Mm. Yes, please. Um. <laughs> um, but after that, like, I started looking and I remember I, the this is not the exact quote, but it was something like, um, I happen to be dating a man right now. Sometimes maybe I'll date a woman, but that's that's something like uh, that's the pleasure of being bisexual or something like that. Um so yes, the I believe the answer to both of those um lines is Ron Malik. And the answer to this is, I'm going to be right back. And I'm back. So, last year, in December, we talked about Kevin Hart. Um, just a really quick recap. I'm going to try to make this segment as short as I possibly can. Um, and I hear Will just screaming, even though he's not near me right now, that if I had a script... Or production notes, I could make this any length I wanted. I could make, I could finish this in under five minutes, but whatever. You don't know my life, William. You don't know my life. <laughs> so back in December, um, Kevin Hart was named Oscar host. And two days later, he stepped down because old tweets um, resurfaced where he was being homophobic. Um, the worst of the bunch was um, if his son was playing a doll, he would take the doll, break it over his son's head, and scream, that's gay in my... And some people are saying, well, you know, because he said something like, in my voice, I would scream. 
And apparently that was supposed to be part of the joke, and I don't get it. Um, so clearly the joke is just not funny. That's number one. Um, but then Kevin decided to be a douchebag and say he wasn't going to apologize after the academy told him he was either apologize or step down. So he said that he was just stepping down. Okay, cool. Do you, boo. Do you. But then it got all twisted around and um, the Academy hadn't named a new host and, you know, we're less than a month away. And really, people are saying, oh, well, you know, they don't really need all that much time. Yes, they do. They need to write the jokes. They need to rehearse. They need to be meeting with the producers. Putting on this telecast is not easy. Um, so anyway, so yeah, so all that happened. And the controversy started fading away thanks to the idiot in the White House and, um, Les Moonves and Christmas and the holidays. Well, it started to kick back up again because Ellen interviewed Kevin for um to promote his new movie The Upside. And the the episode was supposed to air on Monday, but it ended up airing today. She said she made the decision, I'm calling bullshit. Because the stations were already promoting whoever was supposed to be on today. Um, so, that is, that is just completely bullshit. Sorry, Ellen. Um, but during the conversation, they they talked, um, and Kevin swears up and down he's grown. He still, like, he apologized to the LGBT community when he stepped down, which was really bizarre in the first place. Um, but Ellen, he didn't really say he was sorry, but they had a very um, earnest and honest talk, which is just all you, just about what you can expect from them. Um, and then, um, as the show was winding down, Ellen started pressuring him to actually host the Oscars, and Kevin agreed to quote unquote evaluate it. Here's the thing. This has all been a big publicity stunt, people. Don't get this twisted. Okay? This was a publicity stunt. And here's how I know this. First of all... When he stepped down, he apologized after saying he wasn't going to. He said he didn't want to take the focus off. Then he had Glad... Telling him that he should host the Oscars and step up and show that it's okay to grow as a person and whatever. So basically, what I think they did is they took this controversy from 10 years ago, reignited it, fanned the flames a little. Then they got one of the the LGBTQ icons to sit down 
and interview him. And Ellen's also a two-time Oscar host. So she has a relationship, and she said that they really want him to host because she reached out to him to find out what was going on. I'm sorry, you don't do that. Mm -mm. If someone wasn't going to host in the first place, if they really stepped out, you don't hire them back. Period. This was all a publicity stunt. It helps... Ellen basically forgiving Kevin helps with a large segment of the audience saying, okay, you know, maybe we're, we were too harsh. And maybe we weren't. Maybe Kevin really has grown. I don't know. I don't know what's in his heart, so I refuse to call him anything other than a bad comedian. And I don't say bad comedian to be mean. I say bad comedian because if, if beating his son is supposed to be funny... I don't get the joke. Um, but um, wrapping this all back up and around, him saying I'm evaluating is basically him saying, "Yeah, I'm going to do it." And now they've just earned a ton of free publicity. For the for the show. Um, they're, they're running a brilliant, brilliant ad campaign without a host right now. And it's going to be the most anticipated show of the, of the year. Um, back in the day, the Oscars would regularly, in the United States alone, garner about 100 million people watching... And in the demo, it was always really high. As of late, it's been sagging. Um, Last year's hit an all-time low. So I think what they wanted to do is drum up some controversy. Um, So they did that. They cleared Kevin's name. Um, Ellen made it okay for gay people to like Kevin without feeling bad about themselves. And voila. Nobody got hurt. Except for those homophobes who tried to say not to get that we shouldn't get butt hurt because Kevin was joking about hitting his son. That's a whole different story. So that's going to do it for me for today. Thank you guys so much for listening as always. Um, and here is to a fantastic 2019 for all of us. Cheers.